it's funny just to watch because I'm always saying, you know, this is not a competition. You're not competing with anybody in here. This is not a performance. This is a practice. So let the ego out the way and focus on yourself. Like, don't try to compete next to someone next to you. You're just focusing on you. You're focusing on bringing this, this openness in towards yourself. And I say as well, like bring this love, peace, and joy in this presence in towards yourself so you can radiate this frequency to others. Because you can't start, you can't love anybody until you know how to, to love yourself. That was Yogi Athlete Amir Madison, and this is the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. You did. You heard me right. Yogi Athlete and Yogi Triathlete came together for this podcast, recorded at the beautiful Set and Flow Yoga Studio in LA, where Amir teaches. None of us can remember exactly how we found each other, but it was recent and we acted upon it immediately. And just like last week's guest, Linda Lang, I hope you guys enjoyed that show. She is such a love. Connecting in person with Amir was like embracing a family member. There is no doubt in my mind that he is our kin and that this is not the first lifetime in which we have joined forces. But before I go too off the rails, let me introduce myself. I'm Jess. I'm your host. And if this is your first time tuning in to the YTP, welcome. We appreciate the support. It is our intention to share stories every week that inspire action that results in a better world. And we do that by becoming more of ourselves. Now that may seem like a lofty goal, but it's really not because everything counts. Every thought we indulge, every word we speak, every action we take has an impact. And by paying attention to these things, we can unveil our purpose in this life. What is it that we are here to learn? What is it that we are here to do? What is it that we are here to share? And the answer to all of those questions will be unveiled when we step into who we truly are. And the people that we bring to you are the people who are looking, finding, and living their purpose. And as in the case of today's guest, this is not without facing adversity or having breakdowns or finding yourself in a place of major unknown. The truth is the latter can be, although categorically uncomfortable, it is without a shadow of a doubt, one of the best places you can find yourself. And I'm not talking about not knowing what you're doing on Saturday afternoon. I'm talking about when everything in your life starts to change in a way that is out of your control. And the void from who you thought you were going to be and who you need to be in order to answer your life's calling is so vast that it is truly unimaginable. This is exactly where Amir found himself just a few years ago. With a traumatized body and a professional football career that was starting to fade away, Amir had no idea where to turn, what to do, how to proceed, and most of all, how to heal his injured body. And then, and then, not a moment too soon or a moment too late, his friend invited him to a yoga class. I mean, is this cliche or what? But it's the truth. And like literally with nothing else to do, he rolled his eyes, unrolled his mat, and entered into uncharted territory. 
And this class was the class, quote unquote, the class, the one that would forever change the path of his life, the class that would lead him to a new purpose, to a life fulfilled in ways that he never could have fathomed, never would have considered. Since he hit the mat at 210 pounds that day, he has undergone major transformation in his eating, his exercise regime, and his mindset. Shedding layers emotionally and physically has not only slimmed him down to a lean and mean 180, but it has completely changed the way he sees the world and moves through it as an athlete. He is now dedicated to teaching athletes the benefits of yoga on athletic performance. Thank you, Amir. Ah, we love this. Physically, Amir has seen how yoga can heal the body, increase range of motion, strengthen weakness, and increase balance. But also he has experienced and teaches how the mindfulness aspect of yoga can significantly increase skill during competition and bridge the gap between what is practiced during training and what is necessary to succeed when it's time to compete. Yes, this is a conversation about yoga, but it is also a story about adversity and healing and opening and breaking down and transforming. Although none of this was a part of Amir's plan, there is no doubt in his mind that it was the plan all along. Amir is a true warrior and such a love. He is someone dedicated to serving others in a way that will keep them in the game longer and teach them the tools to navigate life when unexpected change arrives in our sightline. I think you guys are going to love this chat with Amir and we thank you for supporting the show. We need your help to keep getting the word out. So please share your favorite episode with your network and help us keep the YTP alive. If you're looking to take your support to a different level, one where you don't even have to think about it anymore, that's the best kind of support, then go to Patreon. And it's something that we do, Yogi Triathlete, we do this ourselves for other podcasts. Go to Patreon and set up a monthly donation of your choosing. You don't even have to think about it again. It just comes right out of your bank account. If it's $5, that's amazing. If it's $500, that's amazing. We're just so grateful for you guys. We're so grateful to our guests. And we're so grateful to the guidance system that tells us to keep showing up every week to create more connection in the world. So let's dive in now with yogi, athlete, founder, creator, teacher, and guru, Amir Madison. I know. I know. It's like we found the yogi athlete. And I think I again I think it was definitely Instagram. I found you on Instagram and I I just thought, how can we not and then I went to your website, uh, we are yogi is it we are yogi athletes.com? And I went there and I thought there's no way that we can't come together. Yes. It was almost immediate that I had this knowing that you were one of the reasons like we were brought out here to connect with you. That's awesome. Yes. Cause you're yeah. doing your, you get it. Yeah. You're doing you. <laughs> what we do, what we believe in, what we are so passionate about. And it seems like you are so passionate about it as well. I am. I am. We're in LA in this amazing studio set and flow right on La Brea and uh, right in the heart of everything. Yeah, like you literally. Were, <laughs> you were saying like, there's just so many different pods of populations and cultures and, energy mm-hmm. when you think about 
all of the, I mean, if you really think about it, like all of the karmic connection around here. And so in this studio itself, you're seeing a lot of different people coming in and being introduced to yoga. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's the best thing about having a beginner in your class. The best thing is them not knowing what is going on. (laughs) And they're looking at you like, should I be doing this or should I just leave this class right now? Like, but it's just a part of getting them to express themselves like through their body. And it all starts with starts with like the the body, then the mind, and then you get this spiritual awakening. But it all takes it's all levels. Like you go through this body for long periods of time before you can connect the body with the mind. And once you just and I'm speaking in my experience, just when I connected my my mind and body, then I had this spiritual awakening for myself. And it was I, I love to guide people in that, just like how I was guided. And me being a professional athlete at the time and I was doing yoga, it really changed my life. Like it kind of pretty much saved my life. Like they say, like athletes die young. You know, we mm-hmm. you know, we wear and tear our body down to be this perfectionist. We're always working on our crafts and being a athlete, being a football player is more like modern day gladiator sport. So there's a lot of impact on the body or whatnot. So I'm happy that yoga came in to like save, save my life, basically. And were you, so you're a professional football player mm-hmm. at one time. Was the yoga a practice that you were interested at that time or ha- did it come afterwards? So I used to do it every now and then, but it got real serious when I got into college, um, towards like the end of my year, like my junior year, and particularly hot at yoga where I, where I started taking my friend she took me to a yoga class and she was like it was like after a football practice and we were hanging out and she was like do you want to come to this yoga class with me and I'm like I was like (laughs) as you're rolling your yeah I'm like okay whatever (laughs) so I go and it was the Bikram style uh, 26 postures I just remember how difficult it was and I'm looking around and everybody's like doing this thing that's with ease and I'm like how the hell is everybody doing this making it looking so fluent and I'm over here struggling and at this time I'm about 210 benching 325 squatting 420 like it was um you're super fit and you're in a room and you're like I can't get these poses that these people are doing and my I didn't know didn't realize how bad my my ankles were like so tight my hips were tight like you know, being an athlete, you think, like, I got it all. Like, it's, you know, I'm, I'm an athlete. So, but really understanding my body, I'm like, wow. And this is how big I was. Wow. Oh, wow. We'll have to wow. share that. You'll have to yeah. send that picture to us so we can share <laughs> that's it. That's not. Yeah, dude, I wouldn't want to get in a fight with you. Right <laughs> <laughs> so, like, when I tell people I played, I played football, they're like, they look at me, they're like, oh, okay. I'm like, no. Were they like, are you like a quarterback? Yeah. Because you're like a like, lean machine. Yeah, they're like, you... And this this picture I'm just showing you, this yeah. was only this was 2014, so this was like not too long ago. 
Wow, this is a couple, a couple of years, years ago. ago. What, what position did you play just for reference? I played cornerback. Cornerback, cornerback okay. and uh, played a little bit of safety, but my main uh, position was cornerback. Okay, so you were pretty fast at that yeah, weight as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, I was really explosive. And looking at myself in the mirror when I was that weight, I felt like I looked this. So mm. I was always constantly like working out, like training. And I had torn ligaments in my ankle that really messed me up in uh, my 2013 when I was playing arena football in Bloomington. Uh, just tore my ligaments, caught an interception. I just came down on my ankle. And when I went through my physical therapy, therapy they told me it was going to be about 10 weeks to 12 weeks of, um, you know, healing, going through the process of physical therapy, and I stayed in Illinois to go through my physical therapy. And I couldn't stay any longer just because financial issues, so I came back home, and that's when I came back and started my yoga practice, and I ended up healing my ankle within six to eight weeks. So when you came back here, that was the time when your friend took you to the class? Yeah. Would you say that that was one of those transformational experiences for you where it started to change your life? Yeah, like it was a real life changer because um, my teacher at the time, she was like, Amir, have you ever thought about doing like a teacher training? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like I'm a football <laughs> yeah, player, I'm like, a yoga teacher. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I practiced before then, but it wasn't like how I was doing it because I was injured. So I was going every day pretty much. I ended up like going through this transition. I was at I was 27 at the time, so it was you know as you, the older you get, your value decreases in football. Like if you're not a big star player, you know once you get a certain age, they're like they don't think you can play anymore. It's just a business basically. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, man, do what I want to do with my life. Am I still going to play football? What am I going to pursue? So I was going through this this transition and like trying to figure out what was next in my life. So your expiration date was coming up yeah. and you were injured. Yeah. So it was just like, I didn't know where to go. And I was just like, why not? Let me just go through this teacher training. I went through that teacher training and that's where everything like changed for me. What was that pivot? What was that little moment where you went to the yoga training? Like you probably debated it. Like, should I do this? Should I do this? But when you actually like signed up, was there something that happened that connected with you or were you... Yeah, my my teacher, she actually she actually inspired me to to instruct. She was like, Amir, I think you'll be an amazing yoga instructor. Like you you've come a long way from your practice, like you've healed your body, you know, have you ever thought about it? So she pretty much inspired me. She was on me in class all the time. Like she was like my coach in yoga. <laughs> like, nice. But you respond just, to that. Yeah. yeah I responded she knew to that. It. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. me being, you know, an athlete, you know, coaching, you're you're always trying to perfect your craft, you know? So you always want to, everything is detailed, everything is technical. And so I just kept at it, kept at it. So she pretty much inspired me to get into it. And from then, that's where everything started changing. Like we had to take class about six times, uh, six days out the week. So Monday through Friday, we're taking class every day. So we started with a class like actual yoga class. Then we'll, after the class, we'll go into the yoga philosophy. We'll actually go into like the teaching of yoga. And going through those classes, there was in 115 degree like heat 
and this was a Bikram style. So it's the same posture. Oh, you're shedding layers, man. Physical and mental. Yes. (laughs) Did you feel a moment of transformation in that yoga training? Like, is there anything that really stands out for you? Because I know I had a massive, like, literally death and rebirth in in my own. I went through a, a lot of emotional, like, what I was holding emotionally. Oh, it was so hard. Breakdowns in class. Oh, yeah, yeah that's it was, good stuff. <laughs> yeah. The release. Yeah, the release. <laughs> like, literally. And over time, I was like shedding weight. And I'm asking my teacher, like, is this okay? Am I supposed to be like losing this much weight? And she was like, Mira, your body is beautiful. You, you, it's okay. Like, you're just shedding a lot of, you're detoxing. And you're shedding a lot of layers that you don't need anymore. So you're like, you're holding on to weight that you don't need. So losing the weight for me was a big transition. Because, you know, being a football player, your size, you're pretty much just like your ego. It's like, Mm. it's your your shield. Like, when you play this sport, you're a certain type of way. And you eat a certain type of way. You live a certain type of way to play this impact sport. So me... Losing this was like, what's going on? I feel like I look sick. Like, I'm looking through the mirror like I look sick. But those layers are also your identity. Yes. So you, it sounds to me like you were shedding an identity. Yes. And how did that feel? It was, it was hard. It was really hard. Uh, it, it took a lot. And what happened was from there, my eating habits started to like change. So the food that I would eat wasn't tasting the same. And I would ask my teacher, like, you know, I'm eating and my food tastes funny and tastes weird. And she's like, you're detoxing your body. She kept telling me you're detoxing and you're alkalining the body and you're losing a lot of acidic taste buds. What was your diet? What did your diet look like? prior like as and I want to there's so many places I want to go and I want to go back because I want to hear your story about how you got into football but as a football player and leading up to this yoga teacher training now you're you know you're injured and you're discovering yoga and the healing benefits of that and you're starting this this transformation that you probably had no idea what was coming what did your diet look like prior to this as a as a football player I'm eating six seven meals out the day hamburgers like lots of meat lots of meat um anything that i felt like that was needed to be protein so i'm just eating savagely yeah. Like, like yeah it didn't matter what it didn't you matter what calories. i just needed the calories yeah. peanut butter and jelly sandwiches before like before bed like just crazy stuff like eating two burritos from chipotle oh like that's it was a feat. that's yeah, yeah that's quite <laughs> an accomplishment like, my burritos used to look, my friends used to tell me, like, your burritos look like little babies. Like, why are they so big? There's people in there. <laughs> so I used to eat savagely. And, and what what was shedding? Like, what were you starting to lose your taste for? Because I don't know what your diet looks like now, so this is all kind of an unfolding. I'm yeah. sure our listeners are like, oh, she's trying to get to the vegan thing. And I have no idea if you're vegan or plant-based or whatever. <laughs> but I'm interested in the process that you went through. What started to fall away for you what didn't taste good anymore chicken was starting to taste different that's when i started asking my teacher i'm like i remember biting into a chicken sandwich and i was like why does this taste weird and i was just asking my teacher like why does my like i just remember chicken was being one of the first things 
And uh, she was just like, you're losing a lot of acidic taste buds. And she was like, you know, acidic taste buds has to do with grease foods, anything that has to do with meat. So I was pretty much alkalining my body because during my teacher training, I was drinking nothing but water. So I didn't really have any juice or anything. I had a, I was taking this um, supplement. It was all plant-based at the time too. So I was plant-based water, plant-based water, like every day. Like even when I got home, it was just, I would eat stuff that I would eat in the past, but it just wasn't tasting right. And then my stomach was just uneasy. And I remember two Thanksgivings ago, when I knew something was really going on, I just remember eating, you know, Thanksgiving, you have your big plate, you're eating a whole bunch of food. And I got full, like, really quick. And I'm like, ooh. So, like, I took a break, and like, because I'm usually, like, having, like, three plates for, for Thanksgiving. And then I picked the plate back up, and I started eating again. And I immediately put the plate down, ran to the bathroom, threw up. I had a bucket in my hand and I was on the toilet, so it was coming off on both ends. Oh my God. And it was just Your body bad. was completely rejecting Reject, it. Revolting, yeah. Exactly. How close, I'm sorry if you already mentioned this, but how close was this experience from the completion of the teacher training or was it during? This was during teacher training. Oh, yeah. This was okay. during tra- teacher training, like towards the end of my teacher training. And um, just remember just laying on the bed thinking, asking my mom, I was like, did anybody else get sick? Like, it was just like food poison. I thought, you know, somebody else had to get food poison. And she was like, no, it's just you. And, but my mom knew what was going on. She was like, I think it's from you, you know, doing this yoga. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I told my teacher and she was like, you're transforming. You're, you're, you're becoming enlightened. Like your body is rejecting stuff that you usually want. So mm-hmm. now you're giving stuff like, well, actually what your body, what you think it needed, but now you're giving it like what it, what it actually wants, like what it needs. And um, from there, I ended up like just canceling out food that I would normally eat. I was a vegetarian for a while and I, I went through that phase. I went through a pescatarian stage and just looking up information on like, processed foods and just watching stuff like Cowspiracy. I remember mm-hmm. my girlfriend showed me Cowspiracy oh, and yeah. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so that was just a whole Yeah, that our, our food choices are so much more than uh, the number on the scale. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They have a huge impact. We were just talking about that in the car on the way here on our drive about how the fork, I don't know who so said it. I don't know if it was Gandhi said um, that the fork can be like the most lethal weapon, mm-hmm. you know, that there is. And what does your diet look like now? I've been a vegan now for about oh, a year and a half. you've been vegan. Yeah. That's so. a bonus, people. We didn't know we were vegan. No idea. And how do you feel? How, how, like, how do you feel a year and I a half? I feel in? amazing. Like, I feel more light. Yeah, my thoughts just became just more clear. I was, I can know, I know what I'm thinking. As like, for example, teaching a class and putting your students into savasana, you mm-hmm. see the, the movement, the, they can't stay still, Fidgety, like yeah. their minds are going. And I was one of those people and I remember that like vividly, like just couldn't stay still. I'm just on the ground, rolling around. It was torture. Like, yes, torture. It was, it was uh, I hated Shavasana. <laughs> I hated, I hated yoga when I first went. 
But it was, it's the mind because your mind is wandering so much. You have so many thoughts going on. And just from like eating plant-based is I'm so more like focused, aware, and just aware of my body, aware of my mind. A lot of stuff that I used to believe in, I, I don't believe in anymore. It's just more, more like a, uh, an awakening for myself. So and do you still see food in a way where it's protein, carbs, iron? Do you still see it in those categories? Yeah, but more so plant-based protein because where do animals get their protein from? You know? <laughs> like the question. Yeah. yeah. People are like, where do you get your protein? That's the first question, especially being an athlete, like, dude, where do you get your protein now? Like the same thing where animals get their protein yeah. from. Where know? don't I get it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen What the Health? No, I haven't. Oh, you got to see that. It's on Vimeo, What the Health. Yeah. Vimeo, okay. Uh, the same guys who did The same guys that did Cuspiracy. Oh, okay. This is their second film. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Something it's it's, it's really something to see. And one of the things I actually learned from it was plants are the only organism, life force, whatever, that can that can produce protein. Mm -hmm. That's it. That can pr produce the amino acid. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. Only plants. So we always say like, let's just cut the middleman out. Mm -hmm. I have a question about the, a little bit of the transformation between the heavy meat diet and the, and the plant diet. Being in football, there's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of impact. There's a lot of, I got to stop this guy there's the resistance factor there's the you know i gotta go out there and kill it and mm -hmm. you know i've never been a football player so tell me if i'm misspeaking did you find a shift in your did you find a shift in the way different emotions or feelings or that you experienced moving away from the meat into the plants essentially what i'm getting at is moving away from eating the animals that you know haven't had such great lives or even if they did have great lives the end point is still the same you know it's violent it's traumatic mm -hmm. there's a lot of impact there yeah most definitely did you feel a lightning that's i guess that's what i'm asking have you felt a lightning in just your being, the yeah. way that you move through question. the world. Yeah, I I feel more, saying, telling BJ, I feel more lighter. Like, my heart is more open. Like, yeah. I don't even kill spiders. My mom, oh, like, I know. I know. I spend <laughs> I so much freak. of the time, like, it's, I gotta help this mosquito yeah, get like, out of the house. Why do I'm thinking like that? My mom was like, God, a spider is huge. I'm <laughs> like, what? And I'm like, oh, he's huge. And like, <laughs> I usually you just get a shoe, bam, he's done. But like now I'm so like, I have love for the spider to me to go find a cup or mm -hmm. something I can just cradle him in and hurry up and slide something underneath so he won't get out and then throw him outside. When it's I think it's the fear, right? Like there's been times where I have caught and released massive like wasps and hornets and bees that normally I would have been like, oh my God, I'm so scared. But right. it's like, if we just approach it in a calm sense and I see like this is a life mm -hmm. this is a soul that's no less than mine exactly I just happen to be in a human body where we get to do tons of work on mm -hmm. our souls mm -hmm. so I can't I could never imagine hurting another and I have for sure and in our in BJ and I have been trained by the same yoga teacher and one of the discussions that we have it's very heavy on the mindfulness 
And one of the discussions we have is our, you know, how we separate ourselves from like murderers, Mm -hmm. for example. And the question that he always poses is like, have you ever murdered? Have you ever killed? It's like, yeah, Yeah. I absolutely have killed. (laughs) So then there's no different, but it was only, no, it doesn't matter. It's life. Mm -hmm. Have you ended life? Yes, I have. So if you look at it that way, there's no difference between you and that guy in San Quentin, Mm -hmm. which we just happened to go by today. (laughs) We're thinking about those people in there, you know? And I know for myself, you know, I might not look like an angry girl, but I had, I must have brought a lot of it into this world, or I definitely was growing up, I was the girl that never cried, you know, I was really a tough girl. And so I lost all of that when I, when I moved to stop eating the, the trauma yeah. of the animals. Yeah, I was the same way. I had a lot of anger management problems. Like <laughs> I was just always angry. That's why football was so great for me. Yeah, yeah just... that's kind of what I was getting at with mm-hmm. the question. So you've, like, do you look back on that person and you think, wow, that used to be the way I moved? Yeah, well, yeah. What do you think about that person? I, it's, that's really, it's like I'm torn away from him, but it's, it's more so, um, it doesn't like, oh, I'm so happy it was gone. I just feel like it was a life experience. Mm-hmm. It was a journey. You know, like I tell my students, it's all about the journey. It's never about the destination in the class. If I can do it again with football or whatnot, I would do it again and I would try to find a better way to do it. <laughs> but do you have, um, do you have gratitude for that person you used to be looking back now? Definitely. And do you feel that it influences you in a way um, that you can be more authentic as a teacher or relate to people in your class? Because there are a lot of angry people out there. Definitely. Relating to people, yeah, just in athletes in general, too. It's, it's so good to get athletes into yoga, especially because their mindset, everything is, is will and they're driven and they like understand where you're coming from, from the body aspect. But then I feel like when athletes can put their body and mind to use like either on the field on the in the swimming pool on the on the gym is it's a whole different perspective the game slows down like way easier you're you're more fluent in your motion like i still do training with my coach the work is fluent everything is is not so much resistance and like just angry about it like yeah. it's just it's more just and this is just in my opinion it's just more f- fluent in my my craft why yeah. do you think that is why do you think you're more fluid in your craft just thinking is probably yoga for sure i'm i'm more agile um, i'm not so much stiff in my hips so physical um, aspect yeah physical aspect for sure and then just mentally i'm not so much in my head anymore like for example, a player trying to remember a playbook and they're like, oh, this, and then trying to put that playbook on towards the field. It's so much different from looking at plays on a playbook than actually going to do the work mm-hmm. on a game day or in practice. So you get way more flushed, flustered and, and just frustrated. But I feel like you get to a point where you are more in control of your mind and the game just slows down. You're, you don't, you're not thinking so much. And my coach used to say, stop thinking, just go, just play. 
Like, you know what to do. Like, you know where to be. Just play, you know? And then when you have that, I, I, I used to always struggle with that. I used to always have a problem of like putting the playbook on the field. And then it was just like, it's not so much just understanding the playbook. You have the athletic ability. You have this God-given ability that you can play this game. So just play it without, without the technical aspect of like trying to put a playbook on the field. Like the rigidity of every set play. I mean, that's great for to understand. But when you're out there, I mean, a lot of it is... Im- you're improvising like yeah, you're using exactly. your skill and the knowledge that you learned from the book but it's not necessarily the exact way that it's mapped out yes and that because I, I felt the same thing in, in basketball and even in high school like if you didn't do this you were fearful because it wasn't the right way to be done mm-hmm. and then fast forward 15 years and now I understand that but it's just there as a reference like when you're out there there's no way you can experience it right unless you're there unless and practicing on the field exactly. but you would slip into flow on the basketball court because you he was just like three-pointer 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 but that was after like all my high school it was like i'm scared i don't want to like, right but mess were, up i don't want to do anything I don't yeah. lose but you the ball. were still amazing in basketball like you were slipping into flow i think by luck by luck I don't want to put words in your mouth because I yeah. didn't know you then. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just think that reading the plans and seeing the stuff up on the board was great. I mean, but that sort of set a framework where if you didn't align by that and you get out there and you don't do it, then you're on the bench. Like, right. Now you're not going to exactly. play. Exactly. And then that was a fear for me. But mm-hmm. I understand that reference point in time because when I went to college and I played intramural and just after that, it was like, it was so freeing, mm-hmm. which is probably how you are now. Like you're freeing. And having that experience as a football player, I'm sure benefits you now. You can see where you were as an athlete then. Yeah. And you can speak to that with your students and your athletes and the people you train now. You've lived that whole transformation. Yeah. And you can help them get to that other side. Most definitely. And that's yeah. that's that's what I want to do. That's that's my goal. I my my goal, my dream is I just, just want to work with athletes. I love athletes. I yeah. just it's because being an athlete you're not just an athlete. You don't just, that's not just your profession. You have to be a student athlete before you become a professional athlete. You have to be a student first. Like that has to start with like school. Being a student athlete in college is, I give it up to those type of like people because you have to wake up like 4 a.m. You have a 4 a.m. conditioning. And then you probably have another like weight room session at like six or seven, then you have to go to class. Then you have that class, you have to be able to be focused and aware of what's going on. You have to write these papers. Then you have another practice. You have practice in the daytime at three o'clock. So you you can't have any classes in the afternoon. You have to have your classes in the evening. Then you go on the road and then you're trying to either study the plays or watch film and maybe do some homework or not. (laughs) So like, being a student athlete is really, it's a real, it's a real challenge. And I think from um, being an athlete, you've been playing this sport for so long. When the time is, when the time for you to get into the, the real world, the working world, it's really hard for athletes to transition into that nine to five or, or just job because all you know is is your sport like yeah you went to school you got your degree and but 
I think the first thing is their mindset is, okay, let me just finish college and let me just make it to the league. Or forget the, the school, I'm this far, I'm just going to go to the league. And then those are some, some of those cats, they go out to the league and don't make it, and they are back to square one. They didn't finish college, they have half credits done, now they're trying to scramble to figure out what's next. It's a really, really hard transition. I had a friend, I'm not going to say any name, that played and made it to the big times, and now he's like a security guard at a, you know, at a mall. That type of stuff is really hard for athletes to transition. So that's when it comes back to bringing that, that mind and body focus in towards yourself, like loving yourself and putting that, all that hard work you did on, in, 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 in whatever career of a sport that you have and putting it in towards the real world. It's, it's, a real, it's a hard transition because I think I'm so thankful that yoga found me. I didn't know what was next. I honestly didn't know. I'm like, okay, I have a degree, but I worked with kids for years. I worked with kids with autism for about 10 years. Do you still work with kids with yoga? Yeah. Yep. I just, last summer I was working with kids with autism with, um, in yoga, so it was really, really great. And I can't even imagine how, I mean, the, the brain-body connection what are some of the benefits or results that you're seeing from those kids or maybe the parents have told you that how yoga is helping them? Um, their awareness. You know, kids with autism, Slowing they them down. can't, yeah, they can't really focus. They don't really look you in your eyes. Their, their mind is everywhere. They're pretty much, they don't have really a focal point. But when they, when they get into something that they like, they're like on it. They're, they're there, they're with you, and you're like, oh, okay, there you are, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just seeing them being focused in like yoga is really cool, like to see, to teach them how to find stillness, you know, to not move around. It's really great, and it was really challenging. Yeah. <laughs> challenging for you. Yeah. For sure. What was the mo- what was what was the essence of the challenge? Like being able to get their attention, then get their attention, and connect with each student because I'm sure they're not all on the same. Yeah. What connects with one student doesn't connect with another. Exactly. So yeah, just getting them to connect, understand what they're doing. So that was really challenging. But as soon as they got it, they understand they're doing their breathing, and it really works with them to focus on their breath to calm down and to stay focused and I just remember we doing it with them for the whole summer and the teachers was like I've never seen the kids like so much with attention span they're like they're so focused like that's so cool so it was like really awesome it was really awesome so I want to bring it back to athletes you were saying that you, you love working with athletes and my experience with bringing and being an athlete who practices yoga back in the day when I first started it was about doing it right. And this kind of goes for beginners too. Like I wanted to do it right. I wanted to, you know, just nail that warrior two or whatever it was and get low and all that stuff. How do you work with that as a teacher to, to encourage, especially your athletes that it's not, cause we know they can endure. Mm-hmm. We know they can um, endure pain and yoga is not about enduring pain. Mm-hmm. Yoga is not about enduring anything. Right. It's about welcoming. Would you agree? Yes. Welcoming all things. How do you help them shift or, or see or understand? How do you meet your students 
to articulate like, you know, it's not a striving, it's not an enduring. How do you help them remove that piece of it? Because we're built that way as athletes. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I just know athletes are very technical. So I always start with technique. They love to, am I doing this? Am I in the tip? Yeah. Should I move my elbow yeah, an eighth so, of an inch? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> Is that going to be right? Exactly. So bringing the te- <clears throat> technical aspect with the breathing. So for my athletes, I say let the willpower out. Let go of willpower. Let go of like resisting. Use more of your breath. It's like breath creates space. Mm-hmm. So um, you're creating space with the breath. Not you pulling and tugging to get to a certain position is slowing the breath down and breathing using your prana to expand through the body and that goes back to being aware on the field or on the basketball field like you're using the breath to slow down the pace not your pace as like moving real fast but like just slow down the game speed that's what i I pretty focus on is the breath the breath is very 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 breath is everything breath is life force so key and that the breath is the entryway to what you described was everything just, the whole game slows down. Yesterday we did Ironman Santa Ro- uh, 70.3, which is a half Ironman up in Santa Rosa, and I was on the swim. There was 3,500 people in the race, largest half Ironman in the country. Wow. So I'm in the water with over 3,000 people. Wow. Right. And I'm and I'm swimming and there's just arms everywhere and there's different color caps everywhere and there's chop and sometimes I get a mouthful of water. <laughs> and it was like there was part of me that was watching all of that. And then the most important part of me, all I could hear was breath. And then I just would feel the entry of the water and the finish of the stroke. And I felt like I was felt like I was putting out very, very little effort. And mm-hmm. it was pretty much a, awesome. a swim that I would have done, you know, 10 years ago when I would go out there and I used to sit, like I would swim with fists. <laughs> yeah. Like I would punch people if they were in my way, like <laughs> right, out of my right, way. Right. And that doesn't, like I got punched in the head yesterday during the swim and so many people will be, oh, what if I get punched on the swim? And well, I don't know. I mean, it happened to me yesterday. I got punched right in the temple by this girl who was just cruising past me. And the my first thing was like, ooh, I just got punched in the head. And then I was like, oh, she's a great swimmer. Look at her go. <laughs> and you just, you, it's, I think what it does is it slows everything down where I could say, oh, I got punched in the head, but I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm totally fine. Like, okay, that's what it feels like to get punched in the head that time. Right. I'm okay. And you stayed fluent. You were, I, st- I you were was fluent. so you were fluid. In motion with the breath, you're in motion with the water. Like, you just, instead of being in your head, oh my God, there's so many people. And I'm like, yeah. Like, he's too close to me or just going but you just kept it you know the breath is the breath is your focus and my breath I remember thinking like should I be breathing harder but I'm like this is this is yoga breath this Mm -hmm. is what I've built to that my breaths were so full and fluid and long that I was able to get that long and strong stroke going in the middle of chaos was I was in complete calm that's that that's that that's the moment I find is right there. Like when someone punches you or somebody swims over you, you have that decision. But if you're in flow, like we're talking about, it just automatically happens. Like mm-hmm. you're like, oh, 
okay, so I got hit. Okay, keep moving on. Right. Whereas we, we hear the anticipation and the talk before the swim, like what happens if? And if you, if you plan on all this stuff of what if, what if it doesn't happen, all that energy is just expended like for nothing that ever occurred. Exactly. So when you, if you can get that flow and that breath, which we speak to all the time with our athletes, you can move through that swim that bike, that run, you can have mm-hmm. a, a five to eight hour flow on race day and just go with the, go with everything. And all your energy is focused there. That's what I actually experienced yesterday was just a, a, a five hour meditation. I was yes. just enjoying every moment smiling, but that has not always been the case. And I think the same story as you, like yoga and the breath just brings you into body and mind awareness. Yeah. Cause you have the opportunity to go off. You always have the opportunity to go off. But with that breath, it just constantly it's, brings you back to the present yeah. moment. And, yeah. and would you agree that the experiences that we just shared about our race yesterday, would you agree that like we didn't go out there and say, I'm going to be in flow today? Right. Like we just, I just went out there and started the swim and finished the race in a complete state of flow that doesn't mean that there wasn't times like when I was on the run and I wanted like I saw people walking and I was like oh I could just stop (laughs) and take the pain away but I kept pushing even though my heart was beating fast like I'm still in touch with my breath that all of that was just a byproduct of my practice Mm -hmm. because you weren't competing with anybody else but yourself right but you don't have to do anything additional just show up Mm -hmm. roll out your mat Mm -hmm. and and pay attention yeah i tell my students that too i it's funny just to watch because i'm always saying you know this is not a competition you're not competing with anybody in here this is not a performance this is a practice so let the ego out the way and focus on yourself. Like, don't try to compete next to someone next to you. You're just focusing on you. You're focusing on bringing this this openness in towards yourself. And I say as well, like, bring this love, peace, and joy, and this presence in towards yourself, so you can radiate this frequency to others. Because you can't start, you can't love anybody until you know how to, to love yourself. It's and it's true. How do you love yourself? Going through all the struggles. <laughs> going, yes, going through all your breakdowns, shedding That's the so onion. True. Like literally, like you have to go through it. You you have to find that core within you to be able to bring that love onto others. Like I've had plenty of girlfriends that, you know, friends were like, Man, you had a lot of girlfriends. It wasn't just people I was just like dating. It was like my actual girlfriends. But I had so many and I would try to make it work and it wasn't just because it wasn't them, it was me. You know, it was like, and now it's, I'm way more open to like understand like just myself and it, you're, you don't want to project on anybody else. And you see it so clearly. You, you see, see it, it so clear? clearly. So clearly. It's like an individual, like it's not, yes, it's, it's so. It's so clear. It's, it's. You just flip it around on yourself, like, mm-hmm. and that is the deepest 
area where you can start to make true change. Like but, when you start realizing that, but yeah. But once you look in the mirror and you see yeah. what's there, you can't look away from that mirror yeah. ever again. Yeah. I think I was just saying to you last week, like I said something, I was like, look at me projecting me onto you right now. Like, <laughs> look at that. Did you just see that happen? That was me. I was right. projecting all over you, like throw up. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to do it, but you're going right. to see it. And then we laugh about it, right? And a 20 year relationship is not thrown down the tubes or we're not going to get in a big fight over something so silly because I wanted something done the way I wanted it done because I thought that was the right way and then you catch yourself there and you're like whoa that's not open that's not open and loving and that's not open and loving to me Mm -hmm. either Mm -hmm. when you were playing football and like you hear yourself now sitting here and saying like I'm open and loving. Right. What, what would you have thought about that guy? I mean, I'm sure you're a nice dude. Right. But I'm see, I'm just seeing this like you're such a gentle. You have a very very powerful being yes, yes. in front of me, and you have a very gentle soul that was probably covered up. Yeah. Pretty deep. So. In total honesty, what would you have thought about that dude sitting, if you were sitting across from him eating, you know, your double Chipotle burritos, <laughs> and, and he said, "I'm open and loving." Uh, I probably would have just laughed at him and just been like, "Okay," like I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to react to it. Mm-hmm. Probably much so, just okay. I wouldn't be like, "Oh, you're, you're weak" or nothing like that. That, that wasn't my mindset. I probably just couldn't. Grasp that, grasp that, that aspect, yeah. like okay. So the veil was so thick that there just wouldn't have been a connection. Yeah, it was just yeah. would, yes, I it totally just wouldn't get be a connection at all. Like oh, okay. Yeah, I totally get that. <laughs> so let's let's rewind Amir's clock a little bit and tell us how you started to get into football. I got into. I didn't play Pee Wee. I didn't play Pop Warner. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't. I was athletic, um, but when I was younger, I was into music. My dad was a um, artists. And you grew so up here in LA? Grew up here in LA and my dad he was a singer and I was always in the studio uh, listening to music always had headphones on and listening to like drums I was like literally in a studio like just always listening to music. I was grew up on music. I was, my dad used to put headphones on my mom's tummy to let me mm. listen to music. So I ended up playing the trumpet for like six years. I played the piano um what else? I played the drums for a little bit, but I was just in the music, in the music. And going into my high school career, um, my friends wanted to go to this school, it was an athletic school, and my dad wanted me to go to this school that was more music, performance, arts. Mm, and This is a transformational. <laughs> <laughs> and so I wanted to follow my friends because all my friends were going to this Athletic school. I just wanted to follow your friends. Yes. Like, who doesn't? Yeah. Right. <laughs> so important. And my dad wasn't like, no, you need to go here. My dad mm. was like, really? He's like, I call him like my oracle. He's like the wisdom man. Oh, so he so always cool. used to like, that's what you feel like doing. I know he really wanted me to, you know, be in the music, but he was like, you know, if that's what you want to do, you know, go ahead. That's me. That's such a gift. Yes. What a great dad. But saying that is because my dad, when I was younger, he told me, he was like, just being in elementary, middle school, whatnot, people used to come up to him, the coaches, like, does your son play any sports? Like, he's very athletic. He runs. He has a very athletic run to him. Have you ever thought about putting him in? That was just like, no. He's like, I was, I was just always athletic growing up. And 
my history teacher in middle school used to always watch me play football on the blacktop. And he was like, do you think about playing football, Amir? You want to go play football at this high school, which all my friends were going to? And I was like, I don't know, I guess. And so I just remember going, following my friends. We all went to this, um, to Fairfax and uh, ended up going to practice. And from there, from then on, it was just, that's where it took off. So for me, it started in the ninth grade and I got into high school. So I wasn't like, oh, Football has been my life since I was a child, and I didn't catch it on until I got into high school. And then from then, from there, I went to high school and then got a scholarship and went to North Dakota and played North Dakota, played in North Dakota for a while, and that was a transition. You know, yeah, how's from, that, LA boy? Yeah, and being from LA, <laughs> never seen snow, never touched snow, and go out there, and it was. Yeah, that was another whole life. Something you can speak to now. Yeah. Right? That, that required right. enduring. Yeah. That, that, that is unlike yoga. That, no. Yeah. I guess uh, the high-level yogis could welcome that in. <laughs> yeah. So I went through a lot of adversity uh, in college. And How just, so? Just so I've never had an all-white coaching staff. You know, mm. it was just really... I was the only kid that came out from Los Angeles to... Bismarck, North Dakota. Oh, gosh. You know, yeah. they had a lot of players from, you know, Texas and Nevada or whatnot, but I was like the only one from California at the time. And it was just, it was just hard because they was just wanted me to, oh, we have to build your character. And they wanted to, like, basically break down who I was and build something else. And I was very a rebel to that. Mm-hmm. I, wasn't, I didn't like it. So I had a hard time with my coaches. Um, the school itself was good, but football aspect was a lot of adversity for me, just trying to have me conform. I'm not really good at conforming. Or they wanted to change you. <laughs> yeah, they, they wanted they, to change who you were. Exactly. To, to, to be part of what their model is at the school. Exactly. And you just, it just is... Not yeah, it just wasn't fitting yeah. for me. So that's where the adversity went through. So I went through a lot of trying to start and trying to want to bench me, but knowing that I was their best player at the time. And so, yeah, it was a lot. So how, how were you, <laughs> what was your fuel? Was your fuel like, I'm going to show them? Yeah, I always had a chip on my shoulder. Like mm-hmm. the coaches, I'm like, what do I need to do to start? What, what do I need to do to start for this this next coming game. Well, Amir, if you want to start, you know, you have to come in first place in all the conditioning practice. Okay. Come in the first place every freaking practice. I remember we used to have to run the 300s on the field. And I'm in first place all the time. The coach comes from around, like, the other side of the field running and screaming at the guy behind me that started that started in front of me like you better not let Amir beat you you better not let I'm just sitting there like yes wow <laughs> fluent just running like oh my god when you think about that now how does it make you feel it still upsets me because I just felt like my path that I took it was it was just I just felt like I had a lot of obstacles I had to go through. So looking back on it, if I could have it my way, I probably wouldn't have went there. Yeah. <laughs> just 
cut a little bit off topic. I was supposed to go, so I ended up was supposed to go to a, a Richmond uh, in Virginia, Richmond Hampton. I was going to go to an all black uh, college, and I ended up going to an all white college. So I had a. Um, it was like two days before signing day, and this school hits me from North Dakota. I didn't know who they were. It was just like, we've seen your film, we love you, we want to bring you out here, this, this, this. And I didn't hear from back from Hampton. And I'm trying to like hold on. And it was one more day, signing day, didn't hear anything. And I'm like, Mom, I'm thinking I'm just going to go to this school in North Dakota. She was like, I didn't take a trip out there or nothing. I just packed my bags and went. So went there, got situated. Remember just going into housing and into a into the housing at the school and the coach calls me from Hampton after I literally just finished signing and everything. They're like, oh, Mary, you know, we want to bring you in. Um, uh, can we, um, you know, bring you in for the season? I'm like, I'm in North Dakota and I just signed, a, you know, my scholarship. And they're like, well, have a great time, you know, wish you well, wish you the best. And that was it. And then from there, it was just, I just felt like it was that fork in the road, and I, mm-hmm. and I, I don't want to look at it like what if, you know. I like I say, this is all a journey. Like looking at it now, I can say that. But if I was to look back at it, back at it about three, four years ago, I probably would have been like, that was the worst decision I've ever made in my life, or something. Yeah. But the decision almost made you like. You had to make a decision, and the we we call it the divine schedule maker, mm-hmm. which doesn't rarely lines up with your calendar right? <laughs> and you were you were pushed you had to make a decision and then I, th- I think this um Hampton coming in like right out I think there's no mistakes there right so mm-hmm. there was your opportunity to let go of that and say I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be of course we don't have that foresight right before when we're well some people do but for me, it wasn't until I started to hit the mat that I really started to get the clarity on how things play out in life. What did you pull out of that experience that you can look at now that was a positive? I think the positive for me in that it was just, um, like you said, I was supposed to be there. I, I feel like if I would have went to Hampton, my whole life probably would have been totally different. We mm-hmm. probably wouldn't even be sitting here right now. So yeah, like, probably, probably not. It would have... It would have been a totally different lifestyle because I just remember going to that, took the trip out there and, you know, my cousin was an All-American at that college. So they're like, oh, you're such and such cousin, like, you know, we're going to bring you in and I'm seeing stuff I'm not supposed to be seeing. And like, (laughs) it was a real life, like, college trip. And I feel like if I would have took that route... I, I probably my life would have been different. I probably would have been married, had a whole bunch of kids already, or something. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know. It's, I mean, you can say what ifs, but you know, it's we make choices every moment. You know, the thoughts that we're going to indulge, the actions that we're going to take, the words that we're going to speak, and everything is a precursor to what we create in our life. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that adversity definitely made you tougher yeah i think it really made me stronger drove Um, you as an athlete definitely did definitely did and mentally was just 
It's just always my, the way I played on the field was so angry. Like the coaches at my school in North Dakota would say, Amir, you're too aggressive. I'm it's like, like, dude, it's because of you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's football. Yeah, it's just a mind boggle me. I'm like, like, you couldn't do anything right, although you were a great right. player. Couldn't do anything right, exactly. Like hit the nail on the noggin. Like I couldn't, anything, I would used to get paused in the meeting rooms and They'll blow me up on Focus the screen. On yeah, you, like, yeah. you see, this is what we don't do. We want to do this. Like, it was just, I'm just looking at the film, like, really? Like, That's so intense. Yeah, it was very intense. So, but this situation clearly shows like you had expectations going in, like football, and everybody has expectations. Mm-hmm. But how do, you, how do you embrace it? And I'm asking you this, but I'm just like, for those four years, like, you're just challenged with, this is not what I wanted. 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 And you're there experiencing it and you have to endure it. But that's all for a a bigger purpose. And the only way to appreciate that is how you've come full circle. Because in the moment, you don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear, you know, this is good for you. Right, exactly. But when you, but how people react in those instances when what they want does not come to fruition, right? Isn't that? Yeah. Like, is a powerful experience and it shapes who you are and what decisions you make in the future that now you're helping people when they're in that that's, situation. Yeah, that's wow. Yeah. They definitely. have so many expectations and you need to help them along. Like it, it may not happen. It may happen, but detach from what's going to happen because this experience could be so much more fruitful. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. That's beautiful. Definitely. I, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what happened. I mean, that's why you're here. That's, that's exactly why you're here is you're helping these kids, these teenagers. I saw someone on your Instagram feed from Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And I'm a big Syracuse yeah, fan. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, um, I, I, he's a good kid. He's 6'5", 280 pounds. He, he was supposed to be playing. Uh, they wanted him to play on the D-line and uh, been doing private sessions with him. And at first, he could not pick up his leg. He couldn't stand on one leg to save his life. Because I'm like, man, you know, if you want to get to the next level, you need to learn body control. You're like, you're a big man. They want him at 300, 300 pounds. Wow. So I'm like, you're a big guy. Like, and if you're going to be on a D line where you have to come off the line and, you know, attack the quarterback and push through those other 300 300 pound pound guys, guys, you need to know how to control the body like you need to learn how to sliver through and get in that gap so um he started he started with like the stability in his legs were shot like terrible and we've been working together for now about a couple of months to uh yeah two months now two and a half months and he's finding the stability in his leg he can hold he can stand on one leg He's holding his postures. He couldn't pick up his leg. Now he's holding his like knee. It's, it's really cool. And he leaves off in July. So we've been working together. But and when you're talking about stability, are you talking about yoga or you or the just balance. Just balance. Just, just balance. Just balance. Just balance okay. and focusing in on his breath. You know. And like I was saying earlier, you know, you want to learn how to slow down the game. And when I, when I go through his savasanas, I put in like positive affirmations towards self, like, you know, see, the, see you making plays 
on on the field, even if they haven't happened yet. Like visualize yourself doing these, making these plays, and and seeing yourself winning and succeeding, and not even just in in your sport, but in school. Like you know, bringing that positive affirmations into totally. his brain, and he loves it. He That's loves so it. Cool. So yeah, he's one of my he's one of my favorite guys. That's so cool. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so you're in North Dakota. Then you go to arena football. How do you get there? That was a journey. It was a lot of hard work because I really wanted it. And so I trained like a lot. I went through a lot of uh, training camps and getting cut and networking. It's just like any other job. Yeah, you have it's to, a hustle. Yeah, it's a hustle. You got to meet people, the right people, to talk to the right people. So just ventured and made my way and got into this uh, arena, arena team in Bloomington. Actually, a friend of mine that was playing there told the coach about me. He's like, yo, you should check out this, this guy. He's really good. And, you know, just check his film out. So they checked my film out. I came. I was supposed to be there for um, training camp. Made it through training camp and started playing. So um, that's where it started for me. And it was... Um, it was really, it was really like I felt like yes, I'm here. Like, this is it. Like, I'm this is after this season, I'm going to the league. So like, cause arena football is like the platform to yep. go and, to the next level. Yep. Just like in baseball, you have to you have the D league or the minor leagues, basketball the D league, but arena is like that platform to get to the next level. So getting there was just like okay, I just need one more step. Yeah, and I loved it. The arena football was was really good. It's just the impact was way more faster, like because the game speed is faster and it's closed in. It's you like wall, the, you got walls, so it's like you're playing. Walls, yeah, you're playing like hockey yep. on the field. <laughs> Whoa! So you can get banged up on the wall, you flipped over. But again, everything is technique. You know, technical technique. So angles, angles, and everything were important. But um, I enjoyed it and. After I had that season, that's when, well, not even, yeah, after I had the season, I had that workout. I went, had a um, combine workout, with the, and then I had a workout and made it with the, the Bears and tried to get on the practice squad and got released from there. So, and then that was it. Because after that, my, my ankle was already messed up and I was so still trying you, to play. Were you injured? Did you get injured? When you were playing arena football, mm -hmm. and it just never came back. Yeah, it's just not that it just it didn't come back like physically, but after that was when I was just going through my head like, okay, am I going to do this next season? Like I was, my ankle was already jacked up, and I just didn't think I was going to recover like I did. And as I was recovering, I was just going through this phase, like trying to figure out what's next. So. Yeah. Um, so we should get wrapping it up because you have a class to teach. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I could talk to you forever. I know. I want to talk to so you This is so amazing. <laughs> two are awesome. Oh, my God. I just love we'll joining just forces with you. Yeah, <laughs> part two. Or maybe we should do a retreat together. Yeah, or... I love that. Just speaking of that, too, I'm in the process of having this um, studio in Redondo Beach. So I'm having a yoga studio that focuses with athletes. Nice. So uh, it's a training facility. I'm partnering with the, with the with another guy, and 
It's a training facility, and upstairs is a yoga room, and then across from the yoga room is the masseuse room. So it's going to be like a, a club, uh, mostly for athletes. I mean, people, other people can come if they want as well, but it's more so for you know athlete community and getting them more involved oh in yoga. God. So I love it, and you're work, you're working on opening that up. Yeah, so we've had we have the space, but we're waiting for the city to give us our permit. <laughs> yeah, which is it's, they were supposed to give us our permit by March. Mm, it's going into June. Yeah. So, so do you apply your yoga skills to that process? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> patience? the patience. Yes. Everything yes. slows down. Everything slows down. I I don't even think about it. I'm just like when the time comes, it comes. Like yeah. at first, I'm calling the coach like. Hey, coach, you know what's going on? He's like, I don't know anything. We have the space. So I just let it go. I'm like, mm -hmm. you know what? When the time is right, it'll be there. You know that. Yeah. yeah. You know so. that. That's so exciting. So we'll definitely come up there and check it out. Yeah. I have a final question. You brought it full circle so perfectly because you brought it back to that moment where you were in the space where you didn't know. That there was this unknown in your life. What do you have to say to people? There's so many people out there that are there or they're about to be there. And what do you have to say about that space? Any words of wisdom based on your experience that can help them navigate and find what it is that they're supposed to do? Because sometimes it can look completely opposite than what you always dreamed you were going to do. Embrace it. Embrace the, embrace the uncertainty Embrace the, the not knowing and just stay focused. There's going to be forks in the road that are going to put you in other directions or try to steer you the other other, another way. But listen to your core and just embrace the journey. You know, don't try to force anything. What's meant for you is going to meant for you is, is meant for you. If you if you are visualizing what you want and it's not there, it's okay, because you're manifesting it as you're taking this journey onto it. So never rush the process. And that's what I've been learning where I'm at now, because I'm like, okay, I'm doing yoga. What's next? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, am I, like, But I've been learning to embrace this journey and just flow with it. And I've been meeting a lot of beautiful people um, like you too mm -hmm. and like just getting involved and and just staying staying focused and staying true to yourself like don't limit yourself and like oh this is never going to happen it's going to happen it might not happen when you want it to happen but if you stick to you know what you're uh, what you want to do and stay focused it's going to happen we create as human beings we create this we're, we 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 create this life. Like you creating your life as you go. Your life is a movie. So just stay focused on the path. I think that's awesome. That's a yeah, perfect place to great place to end. Because I could dive into <laughs> so continued. many things. <laughs> oh, thank you so much you. for thank meeting you, us yeah. here and bringing us into this awesome space. Yes, thank you guys really, for really having cool me. Really, really cool to know you. Yes, you as well. It's been awesome. It's been really awesome. Okay, that's our convo with yogi athlete Amir Madison. To sit across the table from Amir and look into his eyes is to know a beautiful soul. I absolutely love his story and I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. 
And I love the 180 degree turn that his life has taken and how this 180 degree turn is now allowing him to serve the community that is so close to his heart. It makes us so happy to share this conversation with you guys. If you're ever in the LA area, you can catch Amir at several locations, including Set and Flow, where we recorded this episode, Hot 8 Yoga, Ceremony Meditation, and through the city of Los Angeles, Parks and Recreation. We have links to all of these studios in the show notes, so check them out there. So here's my question, you guys. Are you inspired to up your practice as an athlete? Whatever your level, whatever your experience, and whatever your practice particulars are, it doesn't matter because remember this. This was something that was told to me when I first started teaching yoga, when I wanted to be the best yoga teacher ever, and I I was putting all this effort towards it. And I was told that yoga doesn't care. It doesn't care. It meets you where you are at and it does it without judgment. And so the follow-up question to that is, can you do the same? Keep riding those high vibes, you guys. Stay awake and ready in this life so that you can capture the opportunities that await you so that you can navigate moments of unknown with grace so that you can be your best, most powerful, most loving self, no matter how many breakdowns it takes to get there. Namaste.